Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I came in too early. Okay. All right. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You go. You go. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories. Some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 41. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. Today we're reviewing season four, episode nine of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation. Some based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we'll summarize those stories, make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. And today on the show, we have a very special guest host. He's a comedian and actor. You've seen him in Wrecked, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and you watch him perform that improv comedy we keep hearing about Mm -hmm. uh, as part of The Smokes every Monday at 7 p.m. at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles. Will Hines. Will, welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief. Thank you so much. Hello. Hello. Will, it's a pleasure to have you. We've seen you on TV before, but I know you most from a podcast that you used to do hmm. don't get me started oh yeah you remember yeah, yeah. this one i do remember yeah yeah i used this uh, this is the the concept just for people and you can you know listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts but the idea was that you used to talk to people about what they were obsessed with that's right yeah and i find it very, that, that wasn't their job it was right that wasn't their job something yeah. unrelated <laughs> to what they so, did to earn money yeah yeah but they were obsessed and they knew so much about. And I use this at like parties. I find uh, oh. that asking this question always generates really cool oh, conversation. Smart idea, yeah. So much so that when friends that know Chris frequently, they're like, oh, let me tell you what I'm obsessed with because they know the question's coming. They know <laughs> that he's going yeah. to ask that question at yeah. some point. Yeah. That's not what I do if I'm in a group and the conversation's lulled and I want to kickstart. I do an awkward thing, but it always works, which is I ask everybody, what is the nature of. Of your immediate family's dysfunction. Oh my god! Oh, what made like the family you grew up in, your immediate family, messed up? Oh, that's and everyone's a great like, question. oh, that's personal, and then everybody can't <laughs> can't wait to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why then not? they're like, what a weird question. You're weird, but then they ignore that and talk for hours. So what's yours? Everything was great, no problem. So that's why I. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. That's why I ask people. Yeah, you're obsessed with other people's dysfunction. Yeah, my my childhood was so perfect that uh, I need other people's trauma to to keep right. my own brain interesting. Yeah, and it makes yeah. you feel alive. Like you feed yeah. off other people's uh, yeah. bad bad childhoods. Um, speaking. Oh, so is this the first time you've uh, been introduced to Beyond Belief, the TV show? Yes, I've never seen it. I don't think I've heard of. it. I guess it's just like an age thing. Just like I, I there's cert- you know depending on how old you are, there's certain eras of television that you end up watching a lot of and then you yeah. get a driver's license or you know get a circle of friends and then that's it for the <laughs> for your middle tier television you know yeah and what but we'll get to the stories in just a minute but was there any kind of like overall thoughts that you had on the show as a it looks as really a fun i mean I, I could see where it'd be like kind of addictive it reminds me of tales from the crypt comic books totally I'm a comic book fan and i like those old 50s horror comics because they would tend to be like these short stories with a twist usually yeah three or four pages and there'd be like five of them in an issue 
all fictional. Like nobody trying to right. even say they were <laughs> based on anything real. Sure. Uh, and that was just fun to just kind of gobble them up like candy. I kind of wish that we had more of those today. Like, there, what is there a show that anyone could think of? They're rebooting Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yes. Jordan Peele's rebooting. Jordan it. Peele's. Is he hosting or just he's producing? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. That I think I'm he's very excited. I think he's hosting. I think, so. I think the reason those shows are unsuccessful is it's hard. You have to have somebody starting from zero means you have to be so good every time whereas if you do have like a world that is interesting you can sort of have hit or miss episodes totally because people are hooked they're gonna yeah be like well this one's bad but next week it'll it'll all click again right and when you have a beyond belief where there's five stories if one's like really shitty then i guess that's the secret just like have a maybe double it do 10 stories in half an hour (laughs) why stop at 10 yeah why not a (laughs) hundred five second stories yeah Yeah, just (laughs) there was a widow and she was alive (laughs) (laughs) Um, and one more question before we get started we always like to ask our guests where do you fall on the spectrum of skeptic versus believer in supernaturally things? Okay, well, I hate saying this because it's such a bummer, but hard skeptic. Great. <laughs> I mean, I don't even believe in some solid objects. Like, it's <laughs> hard for me to believe in yeah. ghosts and omens and God himself. I'm all like yeah. a hard pass. Totally. <laughs> so now, you've never been cursed. No one's ever yeah, put a never, hex on yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, none that I've believed in. <laughs> I have been cursed, but I don't believe in them. So Whatever these affect- rashes are, <laughs> they will go away. They're completely unrelated to the yeah. curse, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely fall in that camp, and uh, Chris is on the complete opposite spectrum, and then everyone else is kind of hovering somewhere yeah. between mm-hmm. on our show. More typically. emotionally healthy to be in the middle. Yeah, probably. I, I feel. I mean, I keep. I keep my skepticism quiet because it ruins so many conversations. Well, yeah. it like is. Like, keep friends of mine and be like, I don't believe in ghosts, but I was in this house. <laughs> blah, blah blah. And yeah. if, if I was gonna chime in, I'd be like, You're not interesting enough to be haunted, so don't worry about it. <laughs> ghosts wouldn't even bother with yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. So we have some great stories today. We do. We have some great stories, and we're gonna start by diving in. First story: the wealthy widow. Ooh, Ooh wealthy, rich, <laughs> money. I want you to know, my late husband would have blessed this marriage. We never had any children, and he was so afraid of leaving me all alone. You'll never be alone again, baby cheeks. You're so sweet and good, Dirk. I hate to bring this up now, Cass. In the middle of our honeymoon and all. But I'm a little low on cash, and I was wondering if you had any money around the house. So Casey's husband died in a thrasher accident. What's a thrasher? Is that like a tractor? It's like a farm equipment. Yeah, I think it like so. rips like the it like harvests the stalks. Okay, so more. Do you intense. believe in thrashers? Nope. Okay. <laughs> or Not farm equipment. <laughs> Not a or thing. farmers. Those are oxen with little steel <laughs> shells over them. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give the story summary. This is a story about Dirk Sidwell, who is married now to this new widow whose husband died in this thrasher accident and Dirk has heard that the husband left uh, Casey the wife a huge fortune so Basically, he is just trying to find this money, and he's looking in the barn when she goes to town, and he's yeah. investigating the the house, and there's a neighbor who doesn't really come into play, but he's suspicious. So he, yeah. you see him peering from the distance and, like, looking, you know, and, hey, what you doing, buddy? And Dirk, one night, wakes up, and there is a man in the house who 
I think clearly is a ghost. I don't think they're trying to like make it look like anything else. Definitely got, portrayed as a ghost. Right. Like, he's got blood on his hands. He's right, like, yeah. hey, his skin is falling off. Right. He, <laughs> van- he vanishes and reappears in other places. <laughs> Correct. So he kind of says, okay, Dirk, come with me. I'll show you where the money's hidden on the property. It's all hidden. And so he follows him out to the barn and then the ghost just pulls 180. He's like, ah, just kidding. Get out of, what are you doing with my wife? I don't want you to find the money. And Dirk pulls this gun out, starts shooting the ghost. Bullets are going through him. And eventually he, he's firing up in the barn. He's firing at the tractor and he, he hits this box and it falls on him. The ghost was guiding him. I mean, yes, as portrayed. Of course. The ghost is guiding him to shoot at the box. Got the ghost. It. You know, is they a do murderer. That. Yeah, the, go- yeah. the ghosts, yes. ghosts do that. Right. Ghosts are, ghosts, From beyond the grave, you know, this yeah. guy kill. Okay, exactly. So this story is asking <laughs> us to believe: Can a, a, a ghost lead someone to uh, their own death? Which was immediately so interesting to me because, uh, and Will, you made this comment. I had the same exact thought. Who's telling the story? Like, if it happened, who reported yeah. the facts? There's right. the ghost or the dead guy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because those are the only two people that know every story beat here. Right. Yeah. And even as the most open-minded of the group, usually, uh, I had a problem with this because even if it were factual that this guy ended up being found dead in a barn because a box fell on his head, I still can't imagine a scenario where they would know to write in that this guy in the middle of the night woke up because he saw uh, some kind of specter and then followed him to the barn and that's what did it. So I am already kind of very skeptical of this story. Right, you'd, you'd want something where he saw this ghost multiple nights in a row and he kept telling the wife. Sure. And then like, and then he ends up dead and then the wife says to somebody, you know, he, he'd been seeing the ghost for many nights in a row or something, but there's no, none of that. Well, it's also, even if the suspicion that this guy was just after her money, I'm like, so how did, you know, the Beyond Belief writers come across this story? Did she kind of decide like, oh, I'll write this great expose in the local paper about how this guy was just after me for my yeah. money and he suspiciously died on my property? Like, I yeah. don't know. I'm like, why would she even put that story <laughs> right, out where there? Is someone I guess this. to distract the attention from her because really she murdered him. Right? Yeah. That's what I thought when we yeah. were talking about and like the stole best. his money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he had <laughs> he any. Didn't. It he had to borrow 20. Choice. Bucks but. in the beginning, <laughs> right? He was completely broke. Yeah, right. And and it, they established the story from the beginning as you know this Southern Belle who's being taken advantage of by this really douchey, uh, villainous guy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of uh, were, I guess, rooting for this guy to you know get. His oh yeah, he was played point. the most obviously evil. <laughs> I loved him. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted him to come. I want to see that guy again. I wanted the adventures. I want to see all his marriages. <laughs> like, the adventures. Of Dirk Sidwell. Yeah. Was, it, was it ever mentioned that he did this regularly? Like this was something he did. No, he... That's just me assuming. Oh, yeah. okay, great. Right. <laughs> wishing, it's a wishing, fair, wishing. Yeah, fair yeah. assumption. <laughs> yeah, this guy's awful. Um, I wonder what he said to her. They married after the, he met her in church, and two weeks later got married. Yeah. How do you pull that off? He, like even <laughs> he's that good. Well, <laughs> I mean, I want to see that conversation, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless she killed both her husbands. I mean, like. It yeah, just you right. know She's the second widow, guy by by portraying him as such a villain and overt con artist, it distracts the fact that this woman said two dudes die in her in like three years. <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute, yeah, that's so true. The bodies are piling up. No one's thrasher. Thrasher accident. <laughs> a guy's a lifelong farmer and he just falls in a thrasher, and now con man is in the barn at night in a metal box falls on him in just right. the right spot. Very suspicious. Wealthy widow. <laughs> okay, I do like when the ghost lures him out to the barn. <laughs> Someone wrote this like the ghost says, you know, he's trying to fire and he can't see where the ghost is. And the ghost says, 
Over here, baby cheeks. <laughs> oh, the yeah. ta- the taunting is the, the ta- best part. Yeah, for like, baby cheeks is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, baby cheeks is what he calls her. That's like his pet uh, name for yeah. Cassie. I missed so it. he was mocking I that. that. Still okay. great to hear from the ghost, though. I actually like the idea that the writers just made the ghost yeah. say that out of nowhere. Yeah. It actually explains like he's a it. farmer, not an old mafia guy. I know. What was his accent? Get over here, pointy feet. <laughs> hey, I'm sensitive about my feet. <laughs> they are quite pointy. All right, guys, we've talked about it. Let's go ahead and uh, make our predictions. Chris, first up, fact or fiction? Yeah, so I am going to say that uh, as much as I'd love to believe that there's a ghost story that's true, there's just uh, the problem of who told this story gets in the way. So I'm going to vote fiction. Yeah, I'm I'm really on the fence here because all we know is that a guy had a box fall on his head. So it's very mm. plausible. But I have a hard time believing that this story would be tellable. So I am also going to go fiction. Mark. Yeah, I think the kernel of truth, the way this could be told, isn't even believable, isn't interesting enough for it to get passed around. So I'm going to go fiction. All right, Will. It's so obviously fiction. It's so obviously <laughs> made up that I believe that the writers want me to go that way. And I'm not going to be fooled. Fact. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have, this has happened many a time. Tiffany. So I actually was leaning towards fiction because I, I felt like it was a simple kernel that I could see how they could have portrayed it as um, fact. But I actually, or I was sorry, I was leaning fact initially, but you guys talking, I think I'm actually going to go fiction. All right. You fools. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, factual story. The ghost told it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We've all made our predictions, and there's one more prediction we like to make every week. Uh, we flip a coin, and heads will be fact, tails will be fiction, okay. and we just see if we can outsmart random chance. Okay. All right. We'll find out at the end. Here we go. Usually we don't. Usually we don't. <laughs> Most likely. The won't. coin is going to predict fiction for story number one, and ah. we are going to move on to story number two, which is called The Witness. Speaking of ghosts telling stories. It's been two weeks, and the police still don't know who did it. This is awful. I wish there was something we could do. I miss Melissa so much. I can't believe they haven't found anybody who saw it happen. Yeah. Seems like the only witness was poor Melissa. Maybe there is something we can do. Spirits Within, but she also says it's supposed to be way better than Spirits Within or any of the sequels. So <laughs> like they just love, they just love that like there's just a whole- trashing some other franchise for <laughs> yeah, no reason. Right. And the sequels that are not even yeah. real. Um all right, Chris, you're gonna give us a story summary. What happened here? Yeah, so this is about a group of girls who I guess they're teenagers and their friend Melissa was shot dead on the street. So uh after a few weeks the case kind of went cold. The police didn't know who was responsible for their friend's murder. So the girls had this great idea to summon the spirit of their friend by having a seance. and Which it, is from the movie Rashomon. Absolutely. They the did mur- it over- a murdered woman is brought back by a medium and they ask her who killed her. And then that ghost story is then told through that ghost perspective. Yeah. And then we see each of the girls' perspectives. That's right. This was a longer segment. (laughs) 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 They wanted this like 90-minute segment right here, which I thought was unusual. It was unusual for the the format. mm -hmm. format But I was totally cool with it. I was in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was in it the whole way. So the seance works very quickly. They start the seance. Things, the candles are blown out right away. Books are shut. 
And then the the lights all come back on and the words I'm here are written on a mirror with, uh, I don't know, lipstick or something. Right. And uh, then the phone rings and on the answering machine, which we call voicemails today, yeah. uh, <laughs> was a message left by their dead friend, Melissa, yeah. who said, it was Jesse Hall that killed me. And so they reported it anonymously to the police. That that guy ended up getting uh, caught, and uh, I guess justice was served. Justice through. was served. He confessed. He, he confessed. Con- oh, so, right. So we right. know that he really did it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yes. the story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a seance can yield the uh, accurate uh, murderer in a, mm-hmm. in a cold case? But no, I also, like, my whole thing about this was they say when the voicemail says Jesse Hall, then the girls are like, oh, that's that kid who got kicked out of school recently for yeah. having a gun in his locker. And so part of First me is red like, flag. yeah, right. I mean, there's like multiple red flags, I think, within that. And so I'm like, couldn't they have easily just been like, I suspect that he did it because we knew that he joined a local gang and obviously he would have known Melissa. Yeah. And so I was like, this whole seance and they call and there's a voicemail. I mean, you take all that out and it's like just girls who knew somebody who is connected in such a way that they just suspected, put an anonymous tip, it ended up paying off. Like for yes. me, I was like, there's such a kernel of truth here. But the question I have is the answering machine message. Does that part have to be true in order for this story to be considered fact they can say it's true i felt like they could easily be like no it's like the spirit of melissa because they also can't just accuse someone right and we know that the cop the cop who shows up at the end and comes to the door and knock 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 uh hey you know we just want to let you know the guy was caught he confessed he's not investigating a goddamn thing because you know is the tape real who knows he shows up and then she places the call to the police anonymously, doesn't realize that 911 captures the phone number. And then the cop's like, we know you made the call. And she's like, oh, you know, and then we're all like, why doesn't he investigate any further and ask her like where she heard that yeah, this like, was the yeah. she's motivated to frame this dude or whatever. But I guess since he confessed, they're kind of like, yeah, yeah that's they're not suspecting there's any foul play in the accusation. Right. You mm-hmm. keep going towards the uh, the main women we're watching having some kind of like, weird like they're to blame for these deaths that keep happening in these stories i'm just saying okay (laughs) in trying to decide whether it's fact or fiction i was like how soon did this episode come out after the crypt with nev campbell oh the craft the craft i'm sorry yeah what if i got it like just so wrong and like and also i'm really sexist about it what's what's this what's that witch girl movie the cookie the cookie bakers what are they called the shoppers the craft. Oh yeah, right. The craft. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the girls in this segment had like a very Nev Campbell haircut. It looked she, like the craft to me. So I was yeah. like, it that lent it more to being like a made up thing that the writers just conveniently wanted something that played off mm-hmm. of a recent movie. Oh, you this know? was a big hit. We got to get something like this yeah. out there. Yeah, like in the next story is like, and then dinosaurs are recreated from <laughs> mosquitoes. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Right. Fact. Yeah. Because actually, I was thinking in the initial uh, wealthy widow story. Uh, where the host is demonstrating places where people might hide valuables as a way of segueing into the story of this widows with the hidden money. And one of his demonstrations of a common place that people hide valuables yes. is an unscrewed can of shaving cream, <laughs> yes. right, which, which is, is not common. That's no. only in Jurassic only Park, in Jurassic yes, Park right. where they have the embryos. Right. That's right. That, dino- that, that Newman hides. That. <laughs> right. His other example is carved out book, which I have seen that in other, at least other movies. Right. Exactly. He, and I could conceive of somebody doing it, but nobody is like, I need a place for my earrings. Quick, give me a fake can of Barbasol <laughs> shaving cream. Right, exactly. So anything that looks a lot like a movie, I'm 
makes me think the writers are just conveniently right. And we've discussed yeah. that before, where it's like, wow, this really feels like it's of the time. There was yeah. like, a, it's a very of the time. It's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, they got inspired by watching some movie one weekend. Maybe it's Scream. Maybe it's there was the craft a very or... Blair Witch episode a few episodes back yeah. where these guys were like handheld footage. And we're like, oh, they, <laughs> they just wanted the handheld footage thing on yeah, the show. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys, we've talked about it. Let's go ahead and make our predictions. First up, Will, what do you think? Fact fiction. Or fiction? <laughs> He's going strong. It's the craft. It's craft fan fiction. <laughs> Chris, you know, I'm I'm tempted to vote the same way, but for a different reason. And my reasoning is. I've heard of a lot of ghost stories before and a lot of psychic stories. I've never heard of one where there's actual evidence left on a uh, an answering machine. So I'm going to say fiction. Mark. Mm. Again, if there's a kernel, I don't know what it would be. So fiction. Tiffany. It didn't happen the way that it did, but I think there is a kernel here. So fact. All right. I don't think that this happened. I'm going to go fiction. I'm going to leave you hanging. I was really, (laughs) really deciding. Um, All right, guys, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. My God, it's floating. (laughs) Fiction says the coin. So Mm. let's go ahead and move on to story number three, which is called The Accident. What's that? Oh, Cal, that looks bad. Real bad. You wait here. Well, be careful. Cal had some basic training in first aid and life-saving techniques, but he wasn't sure he'd be able to handle this situation. It was June 1st, 1986. What happened here, Tiffany? So we follow Carl and his wife, Rosie, and they're driving past the town of Good Samaritan. It's a small town because their son is sick, and so they're rushing home. And Carl is a truck driver. He knows these towns like the back of his hand. And so along the way, all of a sudden they see this car accident. This huge truck is like turned over. There's gas leaking. There's a fire. So he rushes out and he saves this man's life, Sam. So we cut to 1991 and we're following Sam again, driving along the same street. Him and his wife are driving home because their kid isn't feeling well and they see a truck turnover. So Sam jumps out. You know, he obviously was saved very similarly uh, five years prior. He, you know, saves the guy, the driver's life as well. And lo and behold, the driver that he saved is Carl, the same guy who saved his life five years ago. Absolutely. So this story is basically asking us to believe in this extremely detailed coincidence. Like sick kid, sick kid, turned over car, turned over car, same oversized wrench uh, that they they used yeah. to break in the semi truck like windshield. He's find the first guy finds a big wrench on the ground. I thought that was a little ridiculous. I thought that was just they only have so much money for props and they have a huge truck with like flames <laughs> and like you know like liquid they had to make look like gas and so they're like ah just use the wrench. All these trucks have wrenches. Felt very satisfying to me to watch him peel away the front windshield. Yeah, yeah. In sort mm-hmm. of an OCD way, it's like watching somebody <laughs> yeah. like neaten up a pile of papers. I was oh, like, ooh, feels yeah. good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you, ever, like, you ever get like a like electronics or something like, and you have that piece of like plastic that you got to peel away from like the L- LCD mm-hmm. screen or oh, something, yeah. like on a new like v- VCR, you know, like or, yeah, <laughs> new VCR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened to me recently. An Atari Pong game yeah. system. Yeah, 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 I know. What you you got to peel that yeah. plastic off. You know, 
<laughs> Sometimes you think you've gotten it all, and then like a year later, there's another you piece notice, of plastic and you're like, oh my God, and then it feels like it's new again. It feels good again. all again. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This happened on my microwave in one of my apartment complexes. Two years of, after living there, I peeled away. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've got a new microwave. Why does it always look like when a windshield is bashed in, it comes off, it, it looks so flimsy once it's broken? Yeah. Whereas real windshields seem very sturdy. And they stuff. feel like the stu- like you could never get through it. And then you put, you know, a hole in it and suddenly it just becomes all floppy and just comes <laughs> yeah. out very loose. Once that first like ounce of structural integrity is, it just all falls <laughs> apart right, right. there. Um, so are we all feeling kind of strong about our predictions? Because I feel like so far, we're like we're not even discussing. We're just like, yeah, right, windshields. Well, like, oh yeah. Like, it, I think they're pretty sturdy. So I'm like, Well, I have other vote? thoughts about how heavy the wrench was. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm open for further discussion, but I'm just like, Well, uh, Mark has this, then. Mark used to have this theory about like, mm-hmm. it, he used to say, if there's a supernatural story, I'm going to vote fiction. And if there's Did a, I? In the, yes. Yeah. Uh, and if there's a coincidental story, I'm going to vote fact. And you did pretty well it with that. Out for Coincidence a while. does tend to be fact, right? Because the world's More crazy. There's a lot of stories out there. Yeah. Like, given enough time, yeah. infinite universe. Also, and this one definitely, right? And, and word would get around. Like everyone would just tell everybody about this one. Absolutely. And they're right. like both truck drivers. That's not crazy. They're both around the same age. So the fact yeah. that they have young kids who happen to be sick, not the, crazy. Yeah. And the town of Good Samaritan. I don't know. That's probably I mean, that's just, just stupid. But that end. doesn't have to be the actual yeah, no, that town. Didn't happen. Yeah. Well, this is one thing. In the town of ironic coincidence. <laughs> Population forty four. Yeah. Um, there was this uh, line of uh, dialogue they had. The the host is uh, narrating the story, and the first guy, Cal, sees the turned over semi. He says, "Cal had some basic training in first aid and life saving techniques." And I just love that phrase. Yeah. That, like, I want to go get trained in life-saving techniques. Where yeah. do you go to do that? Yeah, outside of CPR, what, what do they got? Yeah, <laughs> what, what other, what other yeah, life-saving like, techniques Heimlich. are there? Except right. they were doing CPR wrong. You don't use the mouth anymore. Well, back, back, then, back, back in 2000 or 2001, I think you still did that. You did use, use the, mouth the mouth in 2000. What do you yeah. use now? It's just staying just alive. Just ass. I was going to blow into the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's actually closer to where the oxygen is needed. <laughs> Trust me, Mark, if you ever have to do this, blow into their ass. Bad. Yeah. Mark's gonna the heart is the same. You still pound the heart, but then turn them over and blow right into blow the, the ass. ass. Turn it over. Hard. 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 Because you got to get through the small intestine up through the stomach into the. It takes the blood a lot blood. more yeah. energy, but it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Fact or fiction? First up, Mark. Uh, yeah, fact. Tiffany. Fact. I'll go next, and yeah, I'm going to go with the coincidence theory. We'll see what unfolds. Uh, I'll go fact as well. Will. Too fact to be fact. It's oh. too... <laughs> we have that too. We have that too. Pat, they want us to think it's a fact. <laughs> sure. They're just deliberately hiding any supernatural ideas, but they made this up. And how do I know? How do I know? Because truck drivers are never nice. That is, I have, that no, is. I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh, no, but no, I'm gonna no. go. I'm gonna go fiction. The All truck right. drivers in Beyond Belief are so nice. They They're always, always are. helping yeah. people. A lot that of must be who drivers. they imagine their audience is. <laughs> oh, exactly. Perhaps, before yeah. they get on the road, they're gonna just put in a couple episodes of Beyond Belief. They don't want to alienate <laughs> the truck driving. Right. Exactly. It's, it's true huge, enough to like. Funny, it was a very like blue collar salt of the earth. Like anybody who's absolutely. like a villain is like this NPR listening <laughs> book learning idiot. 
it was as usual, bilking off the government. <laughs> I mean, then I, a truck driver came along and saved the day with his CPR. Right, and other life-saving Dirk things. Dirk yeah. was so from the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Baby Taking shoes. advantage of the dairy farm girl. I mean, she yeah. had one of the most, like, gone-with-the-wind accents. Like, her, her, she wasn't just Southern. She was, like, classic Southern. She was very old school. Yeah. I got my money hidden somewhere. The dude <laughs> <just> Dirk <laughs> had really over. good eyebrow work. Like, when he was making out with her and he's, like, looking around the room for the money <laughs> while kissing her. That eyebrow was going nuts. Oh. Yeah, it told the whole story. Yeah. yeah. It really did. Uh, Chris, fact or fiction? Um, you know, I'm just going to play a little meta game here. It's a coincidence story. It could be either, but I'm just going to say uh, fact. All right. We've all okay. predicted. <laughs> I love Will's confidence because, like, he's he's just popping by. And he <laughs> yeah, has no nothing knowledge to lose. Of this show. No, but, right. it's, but it's also, like, we, we, like, we feel strongly tied to, like, trying to beat each other. Yeah. And it's, like, I, I just, like, so, like, it's so refreshing. I envy your freedom. Yeah. Put it all <laughs> in black. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's flip a coin. All right. The coin is going to vote with Will. He's going to. Yeah, me and the coin. There right. you go fiction as well and we're going to move on to story number four which is called bad dreams hey surprise my birthday girl made reservations at giuseppe's brian it's very thoughtful of you but i just want to stay home come on you deserve a night of fun julian doug said they'd join us i said no it's what's going on ivana is it the dreams that are bothering you or is it something else i'm gonna die on my birthday brian um, you know, my birthday was uh, just passed by recently. And, oh my God, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm doing fine, but you know where I ate? Where? Giuseppe's. You got a table at Giuseppe's? I got a table. A I bitch. know it's expensive. I know you think it's too much money for me to go, but... It's a three-month wait. Does every fictional town have a Giuseppe's? I don't know. I mean... Th- th- I've this- heard of Giuseppe's before. There's Giuseppe's in L.A. Oh, all right. There, yeah. there are Giuseppe's. I know that's... So there, a- it does exist. I know, yeah. you know, but... Italian? Mexican. I hope so. <laughs> Come to a It'd Giuseppe. be real weird if it wasn't. Best tacos in the town. You don't get Thai food? Giuseppe. <laughs> Thai place. Sounds really Italian. Good. Get over yourself, you racist. <laughs> Narrow-minded people. Yeah. All right, Mark, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? Uh, yeah, there. this follows uh, Ivana Turner, who has suffered from bad dreams her whole life. Uh, her parents died when she was young and it turns out that she kind of predicted this in her nightmares and she's been having another nightmare since then re- reoccurring that's been saying she's going to die in a kind of specific way when she's 30 or maybe not specific but there's like noises and there's different cues um so she's very nervous about her 30th birthday she won't have a child with her husband because of this um and her birthday comes and it gets close and she trips but she doesn't die and she's relieved and then they have a child and it's now her 31st birthday and uh, she even has her uncle from the old country visiting. Um, and he's talking to the husband. And he's explaining, you know, something like the grandma mixed her age up when she was young. And she's actually turning 30 now and not 31. And the husband's like, oh, crap. And then all the different cues from the dream start going off in a different way. And he rushes over and finds his wife, Julia, dead from an aneurysm. Yeah. So this story is asking us to believe, is it possible that dreams can 
Predict the future. Predict this is my favorite story of all of them today. This was great. Really? Yeah. Why do you like, why do you like it? So well, much? I liked it because it. Uh, I was. It was leading me down to. You know, generally beyond belief stories are very linear and it's yeah, very and predictable. And predictable, and you just kind of know. And I just thought when uh, when the first uh, night happened, that was where things were going wrong. She was going to die. I thought she was dead for yeah. sure. And then when she was alive, I had no idea at her next birthday party. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just yeah, sort of. You're in uncharted territory. Oh yeah, and then. Uh, and then when the big reveal happens and you're like, oh, this she's actually 30 now. He was on quite the I ride. I was blown away. They executed that ending pretty well. Yeah. From, the yeah, moment, from the moment it dawns on us what happens, it starts paying off immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty well done. Yeah. I, I do I do have, I take issue with the, the husband's like kind of approach to her fears. He's very like callous, disregards them. And she's saying like, you know, oh my God, the flames and he's like, oh, it's just the fireplace. And she's like, oh, the car alarm. He's like, it's just a car alarm. It's like, no, she's not thinking the car alarm's going to kill her. <laughs> like, what is he thinking? Like, yeah. she's like, these are cues from my nightmare. He that- doesn't have any empathy. Like, <laughs> right. if you had been saying for months, right. there's an alarm, there's a this, yeah. and then there's an alarm, you would be like, okay, that is creepy. Yeah, yeah. Is re- creepy. yeah you'd have some sort of, like, acknowledgement. Even Will would believe. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> if I was married to somebody and she was like, my dream, I'd be like, get over it. You know what? <laughs> Hide, you know what? Into the closet with the spiders you go. You're too easily scared. I have a closet full of spiders. Is this closet locked from the inside? How did this happen? Wait, can we ask why there are so many spiders in your closet? It's just to teach people lessons. <laughs> if somebody comes in and they're like, my horoscope's true. I'm like, into the spider closet. Now you'll learn what real creepiness is. Right. Lovely. Will, you're hurting me. Why are you forcing me into the closet? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. My spiders are hungry. I would my spiders drug her hungry. and then shit. <laughs> put her into the closet spider. <laughs> wouldn't hurt her. Wouldn't hurt her at all. Um, and they would not be poisonous spiders. They would just be hairy, slow right. ones. Scre- yeah, there's yeah. the creepy It's kind. more of a psychological terror is what you're going for, not a physical... It's the get-over-it closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go in there, too. Chris. Oh, I'm not going in there. Well, I mean... <laughs> Did anyone find it weird that she had this deep-rooted uh, Soviet Union background and zero accent whatsoever? Well, she she came to the... Uh, within the story, she came when she was pretty young. Okay. Five, six, you know, one of the two. I thought it was weird. I'm like, okay, I, tr- great. I trust this Rusky even less is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It is interesting because like, even if that is plausible, which it is, if you come young enough, you're not going to have an accent. Possibly. I don't, possibly. Depending on who raises you. I don't believe, I don't trust that like a TV show would represent it that way, right? Like in, in yeah. film and TV. Right. Like, they couldn't oh, resist. Yeah, you're from, yeah, you're from Russia. You you're have the most have accent. accent possible. <laughs> exactly. For any full, reason. Full steam accent <laughs> ahead. Yeah. yeah. But did you also think that was a weird detail? It's like, why did they put that in there? Yeah, that she thing. didn't have yeah. an accent? Well, no. Why did she, the, why did oh, she have to be why. from Russia? Because So that nobody would confirm her real age. Like, she, there's very few mm. people who knew her when she was a kid. Because oh, so it was a Otherwise, she would have corrected her age much more young. Right, it would yeah, be harder to have so that So it took error. the baby's birth to bring a distant relative <laughs> to bring the truth of her real Got age. Got it, I, th- I think that's what That's yeah. good. At no, story, I like that. That's story. good, no, but, but it makes but, it feel but, even more, more writery. Me- yeah, the mechanics yeah. there of what you're describing do sound like the hand of a writer trying to like dot all the I's, cross all the yeah. T's maybe. I had a weird premonition thing that oh. happened today a dream? with me. Not a dream. Hmm. It was a daydream. Get ready for that closet. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking over at Will right now, and he has given you a look. He's creaking open a closet. I know. It's like, where yeah, did I you find this spiders <laughs> to your... I, I bring them with me. Just right. When case. I said I had to go to the bathroom before, I was setting up the spiders in your closet. I'll get them out. I'll get them out. Don't worry. 
There's only like maybe like I didn't bring a box. Fifty, maybe. okay, only fifty. Okay, okay. That's they're not smaller. Bad. Yeah. You know. Uh, so I was walking with Jesse home from. Uh, we were just going on a walk around the block, and as we were almost to our apartment, and I said, "Oh, I'm just imagining what this interaction, how to introduce you to these neighbors we've had for like a year that we haven't really talked to that much." And then we've both seen them a lot, but I haven't actually. It's that weird thing of like you're not introduced right away, yeah. and then the introduction is missed, and you keep yeah. saying hi. Yeah, and I've complained to you about this. Yeah, you, they don't I know have neighbors. Your, I don't know their names, but I know them, and yes. I see them every day. Yes, exactly. Th- that's what this is. That's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. And I, as we, no joke, uh, maybe a minute later, as we were uh, coming up the stairs to our apartment, they were coming out, and I introduced Jesse to them in the proper way that I was imagining that I would introduce him to them. Thank that was the most boring premise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, you know, a car came and you, I saw it before. So your I jumped episodes down the way. of Beyond Belief would be really easy to tell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. The greeting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so actually is the quince did you see them coming down the stairs and you're like, I'm gonna have to introduce them? No, it was like it was it like was a coincidence. two minutes before he was like, I you know, you got you haven't been introduced to these neighbors yet. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. I keep trying to say hi, but I Boom, don't know neighbors. How to do it. And we saw them like two seconds later. All right, how that's crazy pretty cool. Is it, yeah. You know, that you happen to run into people who live in your same building. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's go on. For one in a million. One in a million. All right, guys. Predictions. First up, Tiffany, fact or fiction. It feels writery, but my instinct when I first saw this was that it was fact just because it is coincidence based. So I'm going to go fact. All right. I'll go next. Yeah. There's a lot of details here and I can absolutely see how this story could get out there. I could see the daughter, you know, you've, you told about your, your, you know, my mom died. There was this whole dream situation and I can absolutely see that being, um, just put out there a lot. So I'm going to go fact as well. Mark. It does seem so good that it's, I don't like saying that because that means it was, you know, I don't want to give the writers that much credit (laughs) on this show. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go fiction. Will. The hands of the writers are so clear. There's fingerprints all over the story. Mm -hmm. The Russian relative, (laughs) the convenient sounds, two different sets of scares. I say fact. Whoa! (laughs) I'm not going to be baited and switched into thinking. (laughs) Too fiction to be fiction again? Yeah. I think everything's too blank to be blank. (laughs) That's the the only way I vote. Chris. I am going to, uh, I just love the story so much that uh, I don't care. I'm going to say fact. All right. Mark, you are on your own. Let's flip a coin. Well, Well, now you're no longer on your own. The coin is going to vote with you for fiction. And we're going to move on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called Mental. Did you see the look on Lou's face? I know. He was so great that I know you. Focus, Claire. Focus. You know what? I thought that was a nice touch. (laughs) (laughs) It amazes me that nobody ever thinks about looking under the table. I know, I know. They really want to believe that you were telekinetic. Oh, honey. Mm -hmm. Without your magnets, I'm nothing. All right, this story is called Mental Will. You're going to give us the story summary. What happened here? Guys, there's this couple, <laughs> George and Claire, and they are, first of all, young, sexy couple. Mm-hmm. They look like they do it. They look like they do it a lot. They're oh, into yeah. each other. I'm picturing a lot of public displays of yep. affection, mm-hmm. and I think they call each other lover, mm-hmm. and I think they play a lot of like 70s Chris Christopherson while Ooh. they're making love. Absolutely. Uh, none of that's in the story. That's my own projection. <laughs> What's in the story is that they go around to friends' parties and demonstrate Claire's 
uh, telekinetic ability where they'll gather people around a table. They show them doing this at a friend's place, put some, everybody has to lift their hands off the table. And then she, with her mind moves a cup and saucer, like across the table. And they seem, it's implied they do this a lot and it wins over the people that we see them doing it for. But then guys get this. As soon as they're out of the house, seconds after they're out of this dinner party, George and Claire are like, those assholes, they don't even know that we're lying. We're making all of our friends look like jerks. None of these words were not used. But it's revealed that he's using, he's got magnets. George is somehow using magnets, and it's a trick they've agreed on to do, I, I think, just for sport, which means they're sociopaths. That's not addressed. <laughs> That's not addressed. They're at least mean at the very, you know. Yes. But then, guys... They get home, I think on the very night they did this, and there is a robbery happening. Two robbers have invaded their home at gunpoint, tied them up with duct tape, a shitload of duct tape. A lot of duct tape. Three or four spools of duct tape, (laughs) and then they begin robbing. (laughs) And George and Claire are in the garage thinking, are we going to get killed? They had an alarm system, but it was deactivated by these robbers because these robbers are pros. Yes. They got three spools of duct tape, two (laughs) ski masks that they don't take off until at least five minutes into the robbery. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So George and Claire are duct taped up in the garage, and they they manage to get to their feet, but they can't get out of the duct tape. And George realizes if only they could activate the alarm system, the police would come and they'd be saved. But there's nothing they could do until George tells Claire... That she is telekinetic. That he has not been using magnets. <laughs> she has the gift. She's like, what? And I think they're, <laughs> they're ready to make out right there. If they were facing yeah, each absolutely. other, they would have been distracted by sex. They're tied mm-hmm. back to back, so yeah. they, can't. They, they can't do it. So, so she just does her best to do a little Jedi mind trick. And lo and behold, the alarm is activated. Not just... The alarm, but every alarm in the neighborhood goes off. Every car alarm, every neighbor security system. And get this. One of the robbers has a heart attack because he had a pacemaker. And her little psychic burst delivered justice and murdered him. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And the other dude is arrested, walks out, and the cops are waiting. So this story is asking us to believe can yeah, a woman. Did she yeah. manifest psychic powers suddenly? Uh, or I guess at the very least, is this a story that was told right. by George and Claire to people and then reported by Beyond Belief? And that's what I was wondering. Like, is this just mm-hmm. George and Claire, like, trying to- Known liars. Up? Yeah, known liars. Established <laughs> liars. Drumming up their business. They're yes. like, hey, like, we could do that. Did you have that thought? Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, man, these guys are absolutely going to tell this story. Or they're and- about to be found out. Like, they some, they dropped magnets in somebody's living room. <laughs> right. and so they're like, yeah. All right, we'll get ahead of the story and admit we've been lying, but we'll make up an even better one to take its place. Get your friends to home invade us. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. true. Why would we believe anything these people tell us? Yeah, I am, I'd rather believe the ghost in the first story. <laughs> Right. Baby cheeks. <laughs> this is the crazy thing to me. Like, she didn't believe this bullshit that, that you know, they were doing. And he convinces her that she does have this power. We don't know if he's actually telling the truth or not. We never find out if he actually did have the magnets or not. So we don't know. Was he just doing that as, like Jonathan Frake said at the end? Last ditch effort to like, because maybe if she can really believe it, then her powers will manifest. But I don't know if that's how well, this works. According to the him in the story, George in the story, she has had psychic powers this whole time, but she didn't realize they were real. He was hiding that from her. He didn't her. want to scare her. 
Yeah. Right. He's like, I didn't want and to tell you. So she really had them, which is borne out within the story by her activating the alarm system. But then she doesn't have them anymore. Right. They do say at the end. And Somebody Claire was lying. never able to use her powers again. Like what? Part of me thinks that maybe that couple is just made up. Maybe there was like a robbery and something happened with but the, the pacemaker. But the sex between them is all real. <laughs> sex and <laughs> Tiffany's favorite thing about this. Oh, the velvet shirt. Equaling Oh, sex. that they're that, dressed like magicians. Yeah, no, they definitely, <laughs> if this is true, they looked at the crime scene photos and they saw this guy was wearing a velvet shirt and the writers are like, guys, we got to be really historically accurate. And this guy crushes velvet. and we want this to This is why they only had a wrench in the, yeah. in the truck because they probably spent all of their money right. finding the perfect velvet long sleeve shirt, <laughs> yeah. button up shirt for this guy to Here's wear. what we know. If they weren't having sex all the time, they were definitely doing CPR the correct way. <laughs> oh. That's true. All right, guys, well, let's move on to predictions. I'll go first. This feels like a lot of maybe a writer was at a dinner and saw this and was like, oh, I've got an idea. But there's something there's some kernel of truth here that is really uh, barking at me. So I'm going to go fact on this one. Will. The logic is inconsistent. The assumptions are crazy. What I'm being asked to believe is big. <laughs> Fact. (laughs) (laughs) He he knows the show well. Absolutely. Mark. Yeah. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany. Um, So I was going to go fiction, but just because Will is going fact, I'm going facts. He knows how this game works. Yeah. He's the, he's the pro. I mean, he's, he's, I've watched the show now for an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So throw your lot in, throw your lot in with him. Absolutely. Chris. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I see a few stories. Uh, there's been some, some people going solo. I, I think I'm going to go in that direction this time and disagree with the group and say that, uh, telekinetic powers is probably something the writers just thought, Oh, that'd be fun to write about fiction. Mm-hmm. All right. We've all locked in our predictions. It also makes sense they'd want to put the writer's one in the last slot because they can control the dramatic big finish for the episode. Absolutely. Yeah, They're egomaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Let's flip a coin. All right. Chris, you've got an ally. The coin is going to predict fiction with you as well. And in a minute, we're going to find out which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. Chris, we are not in the same location. No, we are, what, two, 3,000 miles apart? I'm in Hawaii. And I'm in California. Uh, specifically Los Angeles. And this is Beyond Beyond Belief. <laughs> beyond the sea. <laughs> That's because I'm... <laughs> this is Beyond Beyond the Pacific Ocean. Exactly. And um, last week, we put a call out to our listeners to write in, to call in, to Instagram, tweeted us interesting stories, supernatural stories, stories of coincidence, and we got And some... surprise, surprise, we have some, <laughs> some, uh, what do you call it? Stories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, here's what I'd like to do. Um, we have a voicemail that we're going to play today, and we also have an email that we're going to read. What order do you want to hear them in? Mm, let's hear the email first. Uh, this came in just the other day. Here we go. Hey, this is Sam emailing from Connecticut. I'm a huge fan of your show. I especially loved the ladies episode. No offense, guys. I have my own ghost story to share. When I was a kid, I spent a lot of time at my best friend's house. Her house was originally a small four-room house with a dark pit of a basement when it was built around 100 years ago. One winter night, we were in the hot tub in the back, and I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. This wasn't too strange because the house always spooked me, especially in the upstairs bathroom, 
the basement, and the backyard. I frequently had the feeling of being watched. This time, I happened to turn towards the mailbox and saw a young boy standing there. I turned to tell my friend, but when I looked back, he was gone. It was late at night, and the house was in the middle of farm country, and neighbors aren't nearby. When I described to my friend what I saw, a little boy with no shoes and a red plaid shirt, she turned to me and said, Oh, that's just Jonathan. He apparently is the ghost of a little boy that her dad said lived with them. He was always seen in plaid and never had shoes. Now, even as an adult, I still ask for privacy when I feel like I'm being watched in her house, especially the bathroom. Oh, that is bone-chillingly terrifying to me but is it just terrifying because it was the bathroom or like what if it happened in the living room or the kitchen no i think there's part <laughs> of it the, the the idea that it's the bathroom where you are very vulnerable and the end it's also pants are usually down pants are you yes in the bathroom pants are usually down and if you have to make a run for it i mean it's basically like your legs are handcuffed and bathrooms tend to be very small so <laughs> the idea that you're in there with something I mean, that, that just that just is more of a commentary on your childhood, like in you growing up. In my child, my current life, everyone's life that lives in an apartment somewhere. <laughs> but I'm just saying not everyone lives in like L.A. No, but like that's true. But to share uh, w- such a space with uh, with something that might be watching you and then have to ask for what did she say? How did she word it? Uh, ask for privacy. So I, I imagine she's just like. Jonathan, um, I'm about to take a giant shit and I'm just going to need a minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I just get chills thinking about that. All right. Well, I really like this story and I really have to thank Sam for emailing in. Um, let's play that voicemail and uh, share that with everybody. Great. Hey, this is Nick in Los Angeles and I have a Beyond Beyond Belief story that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, it takes place in about the year 2000 at Sagamore Hill, New York, which was uh, U.S. President Teddy Roosevelt's home while he was in office. Um, my dad was actually a curator at the, essentially at the house. It had become a museum. And um, we were all there. My whole family was there for, like, family day. And I remember we were on a tour that was supposed to be, like, the secret tour where they gave out all the uh, the dirt from the Roosevelt family that uh, the regular normie people weren't allowed to hear. And I remember very specifically... We were standing at the top of a staircase, and the tour guide who was leading the whole uh, group of us was explaining to us that there was this portrait on the wall of Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, who was sort of the black sheep of the family. And uh, the secret about this painting was that there was an older painting of the same woman painted underneath, but the, uh, <laughs> the daughter thought that it was too ugly, and so she demanded that the painter uh, do the portrait over again. But uh, as we walked down the stairs, uh, the tour guide went down first, and I was, a 10-year-old me was walking right behind her, and I very uh, assuredly felt somebody trip me as I went down the stairs. And I ended up jumping from maybe the fifth step all the way to the floor and, like, kind of rolling. And uh, I looked back, and there was nothing that I could have tripped over. Nobody was behind me. My sister, Sue, was maybe two steps ahead of me, and I know she hadn't pushed me. So I remember my mom pulling me aside and yelling at me, we're trying to make a scene uh, when, you know, we were just trying to have a nice family day. And I was explaining to her that the ghost of Teddy Roosevelt's daughter had tripped me on the staircase and that nobody believed me but my sister Sue uh, that this story is beyond beyond belief. 
Wow. Okay. Well, uh, so I think the kernel of this story is um, a guy trips down the stairs. Possibly. Yeah. But <laughs> but we have to take into consideration who Teddy Roosevelt was because he, I believe, if I have my memory correct, he was known as a prankster. He was very energetic. He had some crazy stuff. I, w- I just started looking him up uh, as we listened to that story. This guy had a chest tattoo. He used to go skinny dipping as president. He burned his presidential portrait because he didn't like it. Guys, I'm not sure if you know this, but Chris is the ghostly rules expert and the uh, Roosevelt rules expert. He knows, But only Teddy, it. not but, not FDR. No, definitely not. Listen to this. Roosevelt's White House was no place for anyone skittish over animals. In addition to the numerous dogs, rabbits, and horses, the president also kept snakes, flying squirrels, chickens, bears, a lion, a zebra, and what he described as a friendly and affectionate rat. Well, it sounds like that's the America that I actually want to go back to. (laughs) So you're saying that the daughter uh, tripped this guy down the stairs as a practical, you know, one of those old, you know, the old Roosevelt practical jokesters. I mean, this guy could have seriously injured himself. (laughs) (laughs) she's just joking around yeah well they always well they yeah they tried to play pranks and you know kill 10 year olds it was very every now and then someone dies but it's worth it for the joke they were a quirky bunch you know those roosevelts Mm, mm, mm. that one of the things that stood out in that call to me was he he, you know he had a special because his dad was the curator at this museum yeah that he had a special tour you get information and facts about Roosevelt that the, I think he said, quote, normies did not get. Is that yes. true? Yes. So he does say that. And what that what that indicates to me is that he believes himself uh, to have, you know, an elite status above <laughs> yes. us uh, plebeians. But also, <laughs> he's right. Like, he's he right. right. He's right. He's totally right. I feel less than. I feel like maybe one day I could only hope to get in on that secret tour. Well, also, one day you might only hope to get pushed down the stairs by the ghost of a little girl who's the daughter of Teddy Roosevelt. Um, well, uh, thankfully, Nick from Los Angeles is alive and well, and the trip did not uh, seriously injure him. Um, and we want to thank him for uh, sending us a voicemail. And we want to thank Sam again for emailing us. And guys, we have a voicemail line, 818-254-9876. We have email, info at beyondbeyondbelief.com. Chris, uh, what is the social medias that people can get a hold of us on? Well, on Instagram and Twitter, we are at... At Beyond Belief Pod. So check that out. Check that out. And also Facebook. So the point is, send us something. Send us a ghost story. Send us a story of crazy coincidence. Send us uh, questions, comments about Beyond Belief, about us, and we will select uh, our favorites and play them. And as a thank you for Sam and Nick for being the first people that we're featuring in this um, special segment, we're going to give you guys free t-shirts. So get back in touch with us and uh, we'll work out those details. But we have these cool logo shirts. They're going to get merch? getting merch we're 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 rolling with this in the moment chris we got it we got to reward the fans they have been clamoring did i tell you the other day by the way i was at a smoothie shop in oahu hawaii you and did I walked, not see someone i what do you mean see someone <laughs> i don't I mean, mean a I saw, person. I saw many people <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in a smoothie shop. <<laughs> and it was a successful one. Yeah, it was so successful. There were people no, there. I, 
I, I, I, I kind of am predicting in my mind the rest of this story goes, and I saw someone wearing a shirt with our logo of Beyond No, no, no. Belief. It was not that exciting. It was sl- one step below that, or maybe three steps below that. It was, they looked at my shirt, and they were like, oh my god, I love that show. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I love that show too. I grew up watching it. I'm like, just so you know, this is not a shirt from the show. This is actually a podcast that I host about the show. And they were like, oh my god, what are, what is the, what are the details? Like, tell me, how do I listen and to you're this? like read my shirt it's all right here yeah i said i'm not gonna explain it to you uh nor me uh how to access a podcast (laughs) (laughs) either become a listener of beyond beyond (laughs) belief or become the son or daughter of a curator of a teddy roosevelt museum yeah and you you fucking nor me yeah you nor me fucking shit face and then i just walked out took my shake did not pay for it oh man I actually had a similar situation too. It happened at a restaurant where I walked in and someone saw my sweatshirt and they said, oh my God, I love that show. And I said, oh, that's cool. Can I get my sandwich now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you really know how to uh, interact with the outside world. Mm -hmm. It's a very special skill you have. Well, guys, thanks again for writing in and uh, keep the supernatural stories, the stories of coincidence coming in, or if you just have questions for us, and if we select yours to be on the air, you might also get some merch, or we may run out of money. We'll figure out whatever comes first. (laughs) Exactly. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? First up, first story. This is The Wealthy Widow. This is a story about the ghost that led a man to the money, uh, but the money ended up falling on his head and killing him. That'll show him. (laughs) That'll show him. Uh, As a recap, Will, you voted fact on this one. Okay. Everyone else voted fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this story Mm. really happened? Yes. (laughs) Not this time. It's a lie. Ah. Fiction. Shoot. That's fiction. (laughs) All right. All right. Lifetime career 0 for 1. (laughs) Um, All right. Story number two. As a recap, The Witness. This is the one about the girls having the seance. And uh, the witness of her own murder was herself because mm. she saw who. What if? What if they were able to summon this girl? And she's like, I, I don't know who killed me. My <laughs> you did back summon was- me, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you congratulations, you're really talented at summoning. But they I- shot me uh, in the back of the head. Yeah, I had no idea. yeah didn't see. Ooh. Tiffany, answer. you think that this actually happened? Yeah, you know. Everyone else thinks this is fiction. Yeah. Let's find out what the truth is. Was this story based on a real happening? Yes. Our research shows a similar uh, incident happened in Michigan in the 90s. Fact. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, it happened yeah. in the movie The Craft. <laughs> Somebody in Michigan watched The Craft. <laughs> All right, story number three. This is the accident. This is the one about the truck drivers uh, who saved each other's lives five years apart. And as a recap, Mark, Tiffany, myself, and Chris, we think this actually happened. Will? You think this is fiction. That's right. Let's find out what the truth is. This strange story has to be fake, right? Wrong. It's fact. Mm. Mm. A similar story <laughs> happened to two men in the state of Texas. About similar story. Years. What a show. <laughs> similar story. That's integrity in reporting, I guess. <laughs> a similar story, so we're allowed to just say it happened. What, what actually... I want the original story. Yeah, I want the original story, too. But like we'll Texas never... Chainsaw Massacre, the original movie, is based very Ed loosely Gein. 
on uh, Ed Grimes Ed Gein, or something. Oh, right? Ed, Ed Gein. Okay. F- Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Okay. And who like he murdered somebody with a chainsaw, but like other than that, yeah, none of that is true. Yeah, no. And, and the group group yeah. of teenagers like stopping and then getting caught and like running around, all that was made up for the movie, it's, of course. But that, then they're like based on a true story. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of you have to really use that logic with uh, Beyond yeah. Belief and their true stories. Like, Percentage wise, I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Apologies. I'm over Sorry, three here. I Thanks very much, <laughs> but I think I got it. I teamed up with you on the last one already. I, know, I, I wanted to warn you, but <laughs> but then I. Did it. Didn't. Yeah. yeah. So Thanks. Yeah. So <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to story number four. This is Bad Dreams. This is a story of the woman who thought she was turning 31, but she was actually turning 30 and then she died. <laughs> As a recap, this is uh, Tiffany, myself, Chris, and Will. We all think this actually happened. Mark, you think it's fiction? Let's sure. find out what the truth is. Did you think we made this up? You're right. It's a fake. Fiction. Was I wrong on that one too? You were. <laughs> oh, for four. <laughs> Holy shit! It all comes down to this. Amazing. So yeah. I, I, I'm gonna turn it around. <laughs> in a way, I, I want you to, you know, be get, wrong. Be wrong, but in a way, I don't because I voted with you on this one. Yeah. So no, but I also conflicted. Find it fascinating. Well, let's just let's just go to the last one. I. <laughs> All right, story number five: Mental. This is the one about the telekinetic liars that ended up, um, you know, releasing themselves from the captors and short circuiting everything in the neighborhood in the process, probably causing millions in property damage. Uh, <laughs> as a recap, uh, Mark, Will, Tiffany, you guys think this is fact? I agree with you, Chris. You are the lone fiction on this one. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this was real? If you did, you were right. It was inspired by an event that happened Shit. to a Midwestern couple <laughs> in the late... <laughs> Fact. Oh, you were Sorry. so close, Will. So close from getting them all wrong. How can they know it was true? Everybody involved in the story is a liar. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Thieves, con artists. <laughs> well, that's probably why it's true, because... They true just, just means it's based on something somebody said. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a joke that I read about this a long time ago, which is like, if a Beyond Belief story is fiction, the writers made it up. If a Beyond Belief story is fact, someone else made it up. Right, That's right, basically, right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. basically what we've determined. Yeah. Um, all right. So, did anyone get none correct this week? Okay. Almost narrowly. Shoot. Well, you got one correct this week. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. You know, congratulations. Because <laughs> it's you. pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty close to what you were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You had a goal. Yeah. I always want to get a hundred. I got three. So in a way, you were closer to the goal you set out for oh, than what I was. A nice way to look at it. Thank so, you. <laughs> did anyone only get two correct? I did. Chris. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. You, you I know, enjoyed the ride. I enjoyed the ride of the show. I liked some of the stories. I'm it just was happy fun to be having here. Will here. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with two. All right. Did anyone get three correct? Mm-mm. Did anyone get four correct? Yeah. Yeah. We right you both got four. Oh, got four. Right. Much better than I thought. Nice. Very nice. nice. So you guys are our champions today. How'd the coin do? Oh, yeah. The coin. One, two, two. Coin tied with Chris. The coin voted all fiction. This episode, every oh, single one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's it was guaranteed right. not to win. win. Yeah, yeah, not to win. Also guaranteed not to get a zero. Well, not guaranteed not to win. Not guaranteed not to get a hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. Could have won. It's a real depressing week when the coin beats all of us. And <laughs> yeah. that happens. I mean, it's it, it definitely happens. Yeah. Um, Will, thank you so much for joining. This was My a pleasure. ton of fun. Where can people find you? You can go to my Twitter, and I tweet like twice a week, 
So enjoy it. <laughs> it's uh, Will Hines, W-I-L-L-H-I-N-E-S. I had a tweet last week that Monica Lewinsky liked. <laughs> she does not follow me. Wow. But it got like retweeted real... somehow through some, the real, mo- I mean, wow. yeah. All verified. Blue, blue check mark Monica Lewinsky. Sure. Blue check mark Monica Lewinsky. Wow. wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. So don't good. miss out on other Monica Lewinsky faves. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Great. So yeah. Good. Thank you again for joining and thank you all for listening. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by Five Friends Living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you like our podcast, subscribing and rating us on iTunes is one of the best ways you can help more people discover our show. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and are copyright for original creators. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond Belief Pod, or check out our website, beyondbeyondbelief.com, to find the show notes, as well as our online merch store featuring custom artwork on t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more. Thanks for listening.